Well, hello, lovely listeners. Welcome to the next episode of Tales from the Doghouse. I'm Ness. I'm in Australia and I am from Separation Anxiety in Dogs Decoded. And with me is... Stacy Bell. I am in the US with Focused Fun. Um, Lisa will not be joining us from the Complete Canine in the UK today or may hop on late. She's having some internet woes. So this week we are talking about puppies and separation anxiety. We will cover, um, you know, can puppies get separation anxiety? What are some protective factors? And um, what can we do if we think our puppy has separation anxiety? One thing I I think that we should, should say just to reassure pet parents is that you can do everything right and your dog or your puppy can still have separation anxiety. So, you know, you could have been one of the people who was really careful to, um, you know, teach your dog to be home alone and to, um, you know, take care to make sure that they didn't have any negative experiences and all of that stuff and your puppy can still show up with separation anxiety. So, you know, just to put that out there, I mean, we're going to talk about, oh, Lisa's coming on. Hi, Hi Lisa. Lisa. <laughs> nice of you to join us. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to get, you know how I get picky with words sometimes. I don't like to call them preventative measures because like, can we really prevent separation anxiety? Um, we can do what we can, but the dog might still end up there. And so like, I like to call them protective factors. Maw. Um, <laughs> sounds very fancy too, but um, that's not why I like to say it. I just, I just don't want people to get to the point where they're like, well, I did all these things and my dog still ended up with separation anxiety. So it must be my fault. Um, so um, so some of the protective factors um, in the Bradshaw study, they talked about basically puppy socialization, that if the puppy is exposed to a wide range of positive experiences outside the home and to a wide range of other people between the ages of five and 10 months, that they are less likely to have separation anxiety, right? So mm. it's tricky right now, right? With absolutely, pandemic, it, mm-hmm. it is tricky. Um, but I think um, socialization kind of can be tricky anytime because I think some people overdo it and end up scaring the puppy, and then other people don't do enough. And like, so it can be. It's kind of a a thing that maybe it's an, important to get some guidance. From a from a trainer experienced in puppies, so that's quite interesting. Think- I don't think I've I've actually read that study. So what you're saying is that socializing socialization will decrease the likelihood of a dog with separation anxiety exhibiting the separation anxiety. Yes. 
Yes, you are saying yeah. this. Yeah. So is why <laughs> that interests me. So what we're saying is that the act of socializing is making a more confident dog, a less anxious dog. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, a, a grittier dog, if, if you will. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like that expression. I know where that comes from. I like the idea of a gritty dog. Okay, mm -hmm. that's, that's really interesting. Because I've not heard, I've not heard that, I've not seen that research. It does make sense that. though, if your dog's more confident uh, in the outside world, then hopefully that will translate into the rest of its life when you walk yeah. out the door. They're, they're more confident, they're more independent, and they can cope okay or better when you leave. But we were sure. talking before you got here, Lisa, about genetics and, you know, sometimes they are predisposed regardless. Uh -huh. And, and which was Lisa, um, Stacey, which was <laughs> Stacy's point about, um, you know, dogs, no matter what you do, sometimes you're still going to run into that issue. I guess the question is, is if a dog has got a propensity for separation anxiety, will good socialization make any difference or not? And that's something that you just can't test at the end of the day well yeah i think it is something that you can't test but is developing a more confident gritty dog ever something that you wouldn't want you yeah, know even no. if it doesn't help with the sure. separation anxiety if it helps in the other areas of the dog's life you know i just think that that's always worth the time absolutely i always get a little bit worried about socialization only because of what you've said <clears throat> previously about it's so easy to do it wrong when you think you're doing it right because people just mm -hmm. think it's a very simple process of take puppy everywhere, feed it chicken, and it'll all be okay. And of course, often that sensitizes the dog to all sorts and, and causes more hassle than not doing any of that. Um, right. It was a tricky one, socializing. I think socialization for many people is taking them to the dog park and letting mm. them run riot with a bunch of out of control dogs. That's the traditional, that's what people traditionally believe um, socialization is, and it's much more than that. It's, you know, it is taking them places, but it's introducing them to foreign things or scary things in the right way. Um, and yeah, it's not not dog parks without a control dogs. But um, yeah. in terms of gritty, I guess the, the term I would use is robust, but, um, yeah, but, robust but I mean, same, nice same semantics, I guess, in many senses. But yeah, I, I do get what you're saying. Like, you're not just talking about a dog that's independent. You're talking about a dog that um, will carry on regardless and isn't phased. Yeah, being able to think uh, in, in arousal, for example. You know, when mm. a dog, well, there's a lot going on, but a dog can still make the right decisions at that point. That takes a robust, gritty dog to do that. Um, and that can be uh, genetically inherent in that particular breed, but you can also train your dog to be more gritty than if than, than it is naturally, which is a great thing for, for most dogs. That would mm -hmm. be a good thing. Anyway, that's and that's interesting that that may well uh, protect them from separation anxiety coming in. Yeah. Um, another protective factor is, um, you know. Obviously, finding a good breeder is important for the um, genetic aspects of it, but also not taking the puppy away from the litter early. Um, I think the the um, 
the research is anything less than 60 days, um, taking them earlier than 60 days can have, um, they're more likely to develop problems surrounding separation. That's quite an interesting debate too. <laughs> quite, <laughs> quite a contentious debate. Now, 60 days, how many, how many weeks is that? Is that? That's two months. So, yeah, so we're looking at seven or eight weeks. Eight weeks, yeah. Eight weeks, yeah. And um, that, that is always the figure that I've always had in my head um, mm -hmm. as somebody who's been in dogs for 49 years. Although I know there is some train of thought that actually there is um, a critical point around six weeks where if puppy was with a really great person and trainer or great owner who knew what they were doing, they would actually benefit more by being in a home environment where there were lots of things going on than they would be at a breeders. Mm -hmm. well, well, the other thing is that they're showing that puppies that have been bred by breeders who have the puppies in their home rather than in runs or things like that are more robust slash gritty. Definitely. Now, my um, colleague, my colleague was born with a, from a superb breeder um, who actually doesn't live that far away from me. And she brings them into her lounge. So there's the mm -hmm. telly on, there's people coming at a, like at about two weeks old. Yep. They're in a pen yep. and they're right by the TV and, and it's where everything's going on. And um, mm -hmm. that's always how she has reared her pups. Now, my colleague is the most laid back, robust collie that I have ever known. She's so, she just copes with anything that you throw at her. She rarely gets over aroused. Um, so maybe that is an example of exactly that, where she was luckily with a breeder that really knew what they were doing. That isn't right. the case for all uh, puppies. Mm -hmm. No. So I've, I have bred a litter um, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, they, I brought them up. I'd like to think properly, like, you know, they were in the house, they, they were exposed to different sounds and noises. Um, mm -hmm. They were brought up on a good diet. They were brought up on, they were whelped on organic raw food. Um, they had access to the outdoors. Um, and then of course I put them in trolleys and took them around pet short stop um, stores when they got a bit older and all that sort of stuff too, in a, in a good way. Um, yeah, so, I mean, if you've got a good breeder and they um, choose the, the the sire and the dam properly, then you should have a good litter. Mm -hmm, but sure. if you if you chuck them in a cage, <laughs> don't socialise them. Uh, I mean, you know, it's just it's scary what the puppy mills yeah. do. Well, and and not even puppy mills. Like here, I was shocked. Um, somebody that I know has a um, lab that is does all the gun dog stuff um, and he does really well with that um, and he but he's got a lot of anxiety but the breeder who he came from still wanted to use him in the breeding program because he did so well in the competitions wow. it didn't matter that he had anxiety and so that's where I think that sometimes you know we lose sight of, you know, what's really important, you know, the, the prizes or having a stable dog, you know? Yeah. So, 
So, um, and, and different people would answer that question differently for sure. But um, it's interesting. That's another rabbit hole. Well, no. it is. There's also been research. I, I can't, I haven't got papers to name, which is really terribly bad of me, but there's been a lot of research on prenatal stress as well. Mm -hmm. which yes. Is, I find fascinating where the bitch herself, when she's um, pregnant before she even has them, if she's um, subjected to a lot of stress, mm -hmm. it goes through to the pups and it can actually change their DNA in the pups and change the characteristics yeah. of the dog, the puppies themselves. Yeah. I was talking to an AI, vet, veterinary AI surgeon, and he he's very big on we do not let the bitch get stressed. So even when she's going in to have the AI, this this particular guy, and they don't all do this, he'll go out to the car park where the dog, before the dog even comes into the wow. the clinic and put them to sleep. I'm like, I'm not, that's not quite the right way of saying it, isn't it? He hasn't put it them to sleep. <laughs> um, but, you know, he anesthetizes them or whatever. Um, whatever. <laughs> and... Um, he makes it so calm and he does it in the car park. So she's not going into the clinic where she's going to be stressed out and like, what the hell's going on? So it's all done really thoughtfully. And even when she wakes up after it, she, she's not waking up in the clinic. It's all done very carefully. Um, so the dog's not stressed at all, which I think is really great. I think yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. So much, there's so much to think about. And with being a breed and my, my family, we used to breed dogs. Dalmatians and Spaniels. This is like 30, 40 years ago. That's how I, I, I am like wolf child for I was built up <laughs> with dogs everywhere. And, um, and my mom was a really great breeder and she, she did everything that was said to be done at that time. But my goodness, things are so much different now. Mm -hmm. Knowledge base now is, is, is so much more um, advanced. Um, but I, I know people who have dogs, clients of mine, uh, grooming clients of mine, who will say, oh, I think I'll just have a litter of pups. Uh, and they have not a clue really what is, is involved. Um, and I would always err on the side of caution to anybody who's thinking about having a litter of pups themselves, you know, with a dog. Yes. Is it well, there's a, um, a great program. I don't know if either of you have heard of it, Puppy Culture. Yeah, I used a bit of that, yeah. Yeah, so that's one of the ones that I recommend to a couple of the rescues, you know, that are whelping pups and stuff like that. And, you know, just give them the best shot they have. I mean, yes, the mom has already been, ha had that chronic stress and the pups have already been exposed to those stressful hormones. But, you know, we can't control that at this point. What can we do to set the puppies up from, you know, from birth on out and... I think that kind of guidance is helpful for somebody who's inexperienced. Sure. So puppy culture is, is that, is that a book or is that a, 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 it's online it's a now. program? Yeah. yeah. It's a, um, they have a workbook, they have videos, they have a Facebook group. It's a, it's a, it's a whole culture, Lisa. Yeah. That's why they call it puppy culture. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds cool. I, I haven't heard of it. It is good. Yeah, yeah, it is cool. It is cool. It's some really cool stuff. Okay, so um, back to puppies. We get a puppy. Um, we've done everything that we can on the front end um, to try to ensure that 
we're getting it from a good breeder and not too early and we're doing the socialization. We're working with a trainer to make sure we're getting that right. Um, puppy comes home and what do we do? <laughs> what do we do? We play with the puppy. Yay. No, we, we don't love the puppy. Paddle <laughs> it. <laughs> well, for me, my pearls of wisdom is always that independence comes with trust. Well, your dog will learn to become independent when they feel safe mm -hmm. and they trust you. And so I think the first job of any owner when they take a puppy home is to concentrate on that. So you're not going to leave leave puppy on its own. Um, you're going to do everything like the, when it comes to its first night, you're going to probably uh, have it, you're going to have upstairs in the bedroom with you um, you're, or you're going to sleep downstairs with it. You're going to do everything you can for those puppy and specifically in the first sort of couple of weeks um, to make that puppy feel safe. Safe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I totally agree. So, so I think a lot of people, you know, jump on the independence training right away. Nope. And <laughs> I think we forget that puppies are like infants, yeah, right? And so total to babies. independence at, at that early age is, is just not realistic. So I would totally agree with you, Lisa, and, you know, just build that, that trust and that relationship absolutely before, before you worry about whether your puppy's following you, because it's completely natural for your puppy to follow you. It's, it's, I mean, you can't take a puppy home from it's everything it's known, it's mum and it's siblings, and then just chuck it in a crate and expect it to cope. It's not, mm -hmm. it's not fair. It's just not fair. And as you say, it's like a baby, total can't look after itself, can't, you know, it's just hasn't got a clue about life at all at this stage. So we have to be them for them. Okay. So those first nights, um, we have them in our room in a crate or some kind of confinement area with X-Pens. X-Pens and all that, yeah. Yeah. Um, so what if your particular puppy isn't really taking to the crates or the X-Pen? Yeah, I think at first, when you on that first night, um, when you take you the first night that you try to settle your puppy, um, I would be trying to, I would take it upstairs into my bedroom. I would have mm -hmm. it by my bed. If the puppy won't get on the bed and will just lie on the floor, then it, I wouldn't feel the need to put it in an X pen or, or a cage. Mm -hmm. it, it depends a bit on the puppy, but most puppies that are likely to want to scrabble around. So I would probably be more, I mean, my dogs in the past, have, I've had a, a cage, you know, a crate mm -hmm. in the bed. Mm -hmm. um, if yeah. the dog with yeah, I mean, what I tend to advise clients of mine is if the puppy cries, which is likely, then you just you get up, you take the puppy down the stairs, you pop it outside as if it wants to go to the loo. So it's learning that if I squeak, my mom thinks I need to go for a wee. So I'd pop it outside. If it did go for a wee, that would be super duper and we'd have a party. The chances are <laughs> it probably won't. But after about five, 10 minutes, I'd then bring it back up and put it back in the pen very quietly um maybe give it something to chew on because puppies do get hungry during the night 
um, which is something that we forget, that they like to eat about every four hours. So I may well have something in there for it to have a chomp on in case it's hungry. And then I would go back to bed and hope it settled. Now, obviously, sometimes that's not going to work. And the puppy might be stressed because it's in the cage. Mm -hmm. If that's the case, I'm going to let it out of the cage. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm not going yeah. to persevere. Yeah. Well, no. yeah. And I think, and I think that's when it's better to get help early, right? So if you're not sure, locking your puppy in a crate where it's distressed is not going to help them form positive habits about the crate or feelings about the crate, right? So if you're not sure how to help your puppy to like the crate more, you know, that's where you get in touch with a trainer um, and, and look for a, a crate training plan. Um, there's a lot of crate training games that you can play with your puppy um, to increase their feelings, uh, positive feelings to the crate. But I think the biggest thing that I see with puppies coming home is if the pet parent doesn't have the puppy in the, in the room with them. That's when I see the puppies getting upset. But usually I think a lot of puppies settle fairly nicely in the crate if they're in the room like like I, I tell people put it right next to your bed put it right <laughs> next to your bed super you close so you can you know you can pop your hand down it can sniff you mm -hmm. and know you're there and you know exercise your pup play with your pup lots before you go to bed make sure it's mm -hmm. it's had its wound it's been out for a week and naturally right. puppies are going to want to sleep yeah so that right. that's what they'll do and right if you're with them because they're right next to you, then they are likely to just to settle yeah. more or less quite quickly. And you're right. Mm -hmm. I find most puppies, if you go through that regime, will more or less settle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. and as I said, if, 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 if it's all about escalation, isn't it? I mean, if, if a dog is unhappy and gets more and more unhappy in a cage, then you're going to have to get the dog out of the cage. Right. Whatever the age. Mm. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because that's a sign of that puppy is really unhappy about being confined for whatever reason. And you know, so let's not confine them if that's the case. Mm -hmm. And if you've met all its needs, I mean there's no theoretically it shouldn't be running around pooping, weeing, destroying something while you're asleep. If you've met all its needs. It should, like you say, it should just go to sleep. Although it'll wake up early, that's another thing. I mean, people <laughs> do wake up really early. Yeah, there's going to be and, a few sleepless nights yeah, <laughs> and early <for> mornings. Sure. <laughs> They're going to want to get up probably about four or five o'clock in the morning. They're going to be mm -hmm. awake. You've got to be prepared for that. And it's no different than having a baby. Not that I've ever had one of those, but people tell me. <laughs> it is. You know, it's quite, yeah, it's quite hard work. It's very similar. <laughs> it's very, I mean, you know, differences, of course, but it's very similar. Um, getting up in the middle of the night you know depending on the puppy and the breed and all mm -hmm. of that you wouldn't stick your baby downstairs would you and just <laughs> in the kitchen on the floor and, be right. and I mean you wouldn't and it's it isn't any different um, I think the thing is I know like as I said I, I've had dogs all my life and the, the advice has changed like turned upon its head mm. over the years because it used to be that you know you just leave it it'll be all yeah. right it's gonna cry the first few nights let it cry it'll be okay it'll finally tire itself out and fall it 
you know, that's what we used to think. Now, thankfully, through wise people doing lots of research, and actually, you know, at the end of the day, anybody who's got a heart, they don't, who wants to do that? No. I mean, yeah, first-hand experience. My first-hand experience with that was before I got into dogs, our first, our first dog as an adult, my husband and I, um, we got a, a Rottweiler, very poorly braised, but I didn't know anything back then, pet shop dog. Um, and, yeah, we chucked it in the kitchen with its blankets and water and blah, 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 went to bed, screaming dog. And, I mean, apart from the fact that it was keeping us awake, that really wasn't the issue. The issue was it was breaking our hearts. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so first night it was in the room with us. Good night's sleep. Yeah. 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 Sometimes you've got to learn the hard way. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, for me it was just pure ignorance. I wouldn't do it now. But, yeah, yeah back then sure. I didn't know any different. And it, and it is for many. And it's not just ignorance. It's often confusion because there are so True. many bits of advice and, and people mm -hmm. are like i don't know should, <laughs> bring it in the bedroom will it get separation anxiety you know mm -hmm. that is i mean you do hear that though right oh you do yeah. yeah yeah so so how conflicting is that there, there we are saying take it in the bedroom and then other people will be saying oh now no wonder it's got separation anxiety it's been sleeping on the bed yeah Which load is, of rubbish right. load of rubbish <laughs> i mean the thing about that is you can have a dog that sleeps on your bed and not have separation anxiety. And you can also have a dog that sleeps on your bed and does have separation anxiety. So mm -hmm. is one causing the other? Does what comes first, the chicken or the egg? I just don't think sleeping on the bed has anything to do with it at all. It doesn't. I mean, we all have, we have to remember as well what dogs are. They are mm -hmm. social pack animals. Um, and that, that, that is what they are. And, and they are we have bred them for thousands of years to be with us to be part of our team mm. um and and that is their natural instinct to, to be exactly that so to think that we can take one home at eight weeks old and pop it somewhere away from us it's just not going to happen and and the same for its first few weeks in your home it's it's going to be with looking to you for guidance all the time and mm. you need be there for it to build that bond one of the things that we pay a lot of attention to with puppies is potty training right and one of one of the things that i think we as trainers are trying to to increase awareness of is that home alone training should be given the same precedence or focus as potty training yeah. Um, you know, starting, um, you know, give the puppy time to get settled in your home and then you can, you can start absences. I would, I would start short absences with a camera, just see what your puppy, you know, some puppies are, if all their needs are taken care of, they're in their X pen or crate or in another puppy safe area, they're happy happy to be alone for, you know, short amounts of time. And then others, you'll see that it's more of a challenge. So just going at their pace and um, increasing time slowly the way you would with a separation anxiety dog, but you can, you can kind of be chunkier with your steps um, yeah. if, if the puppy is not suffering from separation anxiety. But just, I think having a camera on them 
is is a key part of it to make sure that your those early experiences of home alone time are positive. I think that's a great tip. And um, I spoke to a, um, a, a lady not that long, a few weeks ago, actually, and she contacted me. She has a puppy and she was worried that has my puppy got separation anxiety, basically. And she told me what she'd been doing um with and she'd been doing some short absences and she got the dog um uh, potty trained and she the dog was comfortable in the cage she was actually able to leave the dog for about 30 40 minutes anyway and everything she was doing was actually spot on and it was lovely to hear that she had got a camera um and i think it's becoming more of a thing to do is to i guess because we all have smartphones as well it's so mm -hmm. easy to, to pop a camera, smartphone up and view your dog um, than it's ever been before. You, I mean, you, you just need an old phone, to be honest. You don't even need to go out and buy anything. Um, and that's that's just great. And I, and I love to see that, that there are owners out there that on their own initiative, that's exactly what they're doing, um, which is super. Because it's, it's not something that I ever thought to do when I had my puppy, I must admit. I never thought to put a camera on it. It's interesting. I mean, I know some people take time off work. Say, so say they're full time workers and they take time off work to ease the puppy into its new home. And whether that's two weeks or four weeks depends on how, how lucky they are, I guess. But um, then that's great. They get that bond with the puppy, all that sort of stuff. But what happens when they go back to work? And I think it's really important that in that time that they must start doing some sort of independence training or you know where they actually leave the puppy on its own and as you say Stacey build that time up so don't use that time to spend 24 7 with the pup because you are going to go back to work uh, and yes. it's really important to to start when you can uh, and that right. that time when you've got it off is probably the best time to do it rather than when yeah, it's too yeah. late <laughs> yeah because using that time to prepare the puppy as opposed to just saying this is the time where I'm bonding with my puppy yeah. or building that relationship or, you know, whatever, however you're thinking about that time, it's also a time of preparation for the puppy to be able to handle whatever situation they're going to be placed in when you go back to work, whether that's, you know, a dog walker coming in or staying at a neighbor's house or, you know, I think for young puppies, a lot of the doggy daycare type places wouldn't take them until they're fully immunized or, but you might be able to find like a friend to watch your puppy or something like that um, if you work long hours, but that's definitely, you know, get them used to going to that person's house if that's what your plan is. And if you are finding that your puppy is anxious when you're leaving them for those small amounts of time, get help sooner rather than later. I mean, there, there's no reason to put that off. Um, the puppy is not likely to grow out of it. That was my quote, my grow out of it. Um, <laughs> if their experience, if those early experiences of being alone are negative, you're gonna have you need help to to show that puppy that being alone is is okay so i yeah. would definitely reach out to a trainer early on that one it never decreases it's always going to escalate yeah, mm -hmm. i think that is again one of those myths if you like that many people will say to you well he's a puppy he'll be okay he'll grow out of it um mm -hmm. he's too young to get a trainer are you mad 
and, and actually it's the complete reverse because when your puppy is young their brain is just the most beautiful thing in the world and it's just primed to to learn just as again like we said with babies so to start some training either on your own or with the guidance of a trainer specifically if you feel that your dog is struggling home alone and get a trainer as soon as you know, it's, it's never too soon to start that process, definitely. And if you are starting to leave your dog and they, they should, if all their needs are met, <clears throat> then they should quite easily get used to being left alone for short times. And if they're not, then there's a likelihood they've got separation anxiety. It's as straightforward as that. If, if you're just finding that, you've done everything that you think you should have done you've done you've read or you've read the book done it all mm -hmm. and yet your dog is still really struggling when you leave it then you must get extra help because there's a really great chance your dog is separation anxiety and the more you you put it through that stress it's just a spiral it's just going to be more and more frightened each time you leave it and yeah. i can't get that across enough to people because people just yeah. have this myth and people around them, like your parents and their friends, they'll all be saying to you, it'll be fine, he's just a baby. Yeah. Don't be so hard yeah. on him. They think but you're being so silly. and um... They do. Um, but actually, do you know, when the people that I've spoken to with puppies, with separation anxiety, deep down, they kind of knew it. They yes. knew this wasn't right. And so I'm like, go with mm -hmm. your reaction and just get help. It's so true because I was just talking to somebody yesterday and they said, I, I wish I had listened to my gut. Everybody was telling me that he'd grow out of it just to let him cry it out. And I did. And now I'm kicking myself because he's got all these negative experiences, you know, and, and now he's eight months old, you know, and, yeah. and he's had eight months. The only thing he knows is that being alone is scary, you know, so, and he's got eight months of that his whole life, you know, so, um, but, well, you know, the good thing is that it's not too late, but the, it would have been better if we started sooner, you know, just yeah. like anything. For sure. And again, like I said, because they're young, even at eight months, that they're still really young and that's a great time to start training. If, if that's, if that's the time, then it's still the, it's the time to do it and the dog mm -hmm. will progress much quicker as a puppy i i believe than as an adult dog a dog of four or five who has been through all of that time the separation anxiety lurking in the background um better to, to to get to the puppies sooner rather than before they become adult dogs definitely so how how can we provide guidance to pet pet parents about the difference between a puppy who's whining because you know they'd really rather not be in the crate from a puppy who is whining because they're anxious about being in the crate or being separated from you the first and foremost is make sure puppy's needs have been met has it been warmed mm -hmm. has it been toileted has it got a full belly um has it had a little bit of enrichment maybe some play all, everything that a puppy needs, firstly, mm -hmm. I would make sure all those are met before I assess that, whether it's whining out of um, it's scared of being alone or whether it's whining because its needs haven't been met. I mean, a, 
you've heard that saying a tired puppy is a good puppy it's not really inaccurate um if if, the, if puppies needs have been met one would hope that it's just going to settle down and go to sleep because as lisa said earlier puppies need to sleep so if it's not if all its needs have been met if net met sorry excuse me um one would hope that it's just going to settle down if it's it not will. then does that mean there's something else going on it might uh, if all its needs are met it will be more likely to settle down for sure it may still start to cry and whinge a bit because mm-hmm. yeah of course yeah initially but, but if it's yeah. frightened if it's anxious that is just gonna get it's just gonna escalate yeah it's not right. going to stop <laughs> It's just yeah. going to continue and continue. Right, um, right. So when we think about escalation, we're talking about maybe whining um, to a more desperate whine, to barking, to clawing, maybe at the cage, to biting the cage. Um, I'm trying to think of like behaviors that that we can tell people to look for. Um, also, the persistence. Usually, a puppy who's just kind of protesting might do you know, a one-off or, or wine for a bit and then settle. But um, puppies that are anxious are going to kind of keep on with it um, and build an escalation. I think it's hard for owners because, I mean, if, if they can't recognize the difference, the dogs and the puppies in the crate, um, it starts carrying on and being, you know, doing all those behaviors that you just mm-hmm. said. But then the owners are like, oh, I have to get it out because it needs to do something. It needs to go to the toilet or it needs its needs haven't been met. And so then the puppy learns that every time it does that, it gets to come out. So they're actually creating a behavior. So it's, it's that fine balance because if it's got separation anxiety, you probably do want to get the puppy out of the crate and make it comfortable. Mm-hmm. But if it's just acting out and being, you know, a bit of a twat really for want of a better way of putting it. <laughs> You, you don't necessarily want to get it out and teach it that this is going to happen every time you carry on. Provided, again, you have to meet their needs first. You have to make sure it doesn't need to go to the toilet. It doesn't need something that you haven't given it. That's the trick. That is totally the trick, is to, is to prepare your puppy for the fact that it's going to go in its cage or it's going to be on its own for a short amount of time, wherever that is, and, and to prepare for that. So. As you said, the pup's been fed, it's gone out, you've played with it, and then you've calmed it. Because again, it's okay getting it all worked up and yay, let's play. Then you need mm-hmm. to bring it down a little bit. Yeah. And get maybe half an hour just to, to bring those arousal levels down. And then yeah. well, and, and I think you- as as um one of the things that I would do differently with a puppy than than maybe separation training with an adult dog is I, I would use food with a puppy. Um, not necessarily for departure training, but you know to, to help them start enjoying their crate more um, for those initial really short absences, those types of things. I, I, would, I would still use food there. Um, long lasting chews, Kongs, frozen wash rag. And I always, I mean, I always say to people with pups to do before they start actually leaving the house is, I think I mentioned this in the last pod that we did, is to do exactly that, to have um, enrichment of some type. I would usually recommend a Kong tied to a table leg or something so it can't be picked up and followed you around. Something that's really fabulous in one particular static position, I maybe in the kitchen, 
And when the puppy is nicely chewing away at that, then you go into upstairs or you go into a room where they can't see you, but they know you're there, but they can't see you. Um, even if that's just for a short time, just to go and do some ironing in a different room or something like that, or go, or even just go to the toilet. It can be the first start, you know, the dog is going to follow you to the toilet. So you throw some food on the floor, you do a bit of scatter feeding, go into the toilet, wash your hands and do whatever you need to do. And then, oh dear. <laughs> but that's just a really short absence. And that just starts that whole process of you're okay. You can cope independently without me being in sight. And I'm still here and I'm going to, I've still got you back. Don't worry. I'm coming back out. And that's the start that I would begin with before I actually started to actually go out the front door, as it were, and leave the puppy. Just to teach it that it can cope on its own four feet for short amounts of time. And crucially, you are always coming back. And that's all we have to train our dogs is that we do go, but we always come back. Ah, and I must mention, we, the, I forget if it was our first episode or the second one where we were talking about what we say to our dogs when we leave. Uh, yeah. So I forgot to tell you one of them. I, I do have a one, and I didn't realise that I said it until after we recorded that day. Um, if I'm not going hunting, I actually do say something else, which is, hang on, wait for it. Oh, I'll be back. Like the Terminator. <laughs> Well, well, I'm sorry, that wasn't very good. I'll be back. I actually <laughs> say that to them. Do you do it in that voice? You're coming back. Yeah, I do it in that voice. I do it, yeah, I promise you, yeah. yeah. I should record it one day for you. Yeah, you should. <laughs> so my well, dogs I'm... are like, okay, we'll see you in a bit then. <laughs> I feel like I'm letting the, the, the team down now. I'm going to have to come up with some departure uh farewell to my dog i just give her a big snog on the head and say see you i'll be back that's <laughs> kind of cute though <laughs> I, I do always go and give her a big furry head kiss <laughs> nice. but uh, yeah and she just sits there on the sofa and it you know it is it is it is lovely when you have a dog that will just they just look at yeah. you and go, yeah, or whatever and she just goes to sleep yeah true Are we done all together? Is there anything anybody else wants to chunter about? It sounds good to me. I'm sorry I was late, miss. Do I get a, a bad mark okay. against, against the register? No. Well, late. well I think I think uh, to repent, you should do a monkey sound. <laughs> okay. okay, I will. I have work myself <laughs> Stop laughing, I can't do it. <laughs> oh no, I nearly did it then. Didn't. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I love my monkey yes. sound. Yes, it's very lovely. Yeah, I'll have to come up with another a zoo animal of some type. Maybe an iguana. What do iguanas do? They don't make a lot of noise, do they? I don't think so. This, this is this is my so. this is my iguana. See? Nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> and you're even wearing green. Yeah, I'm feeling very iguana-ish. Anyway, <laughs> unless silliness. <laughs> Good right. stuff. Okay, I think we should wrap it up. And as I wasn't here before, if you are in the UK, come and see on Facebook the Complete Canine Online. Just give us a little message if you want anything to do with dogs, but particularly separation anxiety. Great. 
So thanks for listening to Tales from the Doghouse. Um, we are now on Apple iTunes, so you can like and subscribe us on there. We're very happy to be on there now. So <laughs> Good stuff. Toodle pep. Lovely. Bye. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.